Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. We are hoping to get your weekend off right. Eric Pincus covering the Lakers in the NBA for Bleacher Report and Capologist joins us at the bottom of the hour. Second half of the NBA season getting underway last night. I know it's not equal halves, but it is the second half after the All-Star break. Lakers in action tonight against the Clippers. I know not everybody cares about the Lakers, but we'll ask about LeBron James, his future there, James Harden's debut tonight for the 76ers, and so much more. That comes up at the bottom of the hour. Check out the latest lines of the world of sports at bet river sportsbook bet rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting must be 21 must be present in colorado illinois indiana and pennsylvania to play gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER i bring up the lakers not because we're going to talk about the lakers right now but we are going to talk about another team in a different league and that would be the houston texans and george something struck me uh, like it did about the lakers this narrative once the trade deadline passed and the lakers weren't able to make any moves they're going to have to keep russell westbrook the storyline the narrative Narrative, the talking points behind the Lakers uh, switched from could this team add a piece to maybe make a push for the postseason to all right this season's kind of a wrap and is the future in LA for Anthony Davis long term is it long term for LeBron James the conversation took a turn and it also took a turn with another figure in the National Football League. And that's with Deshaun Watson. Has nothing to do with the Lakers and the trade deadline when it comes to Watson. But Pro Football Talk reported yesterday that there are a few teams that are interested in acquiring Deshaun Watson and have done their research and are gathering their own information and figuring out a package to put together to maybe try to acquire Watson if he is cleared of criminal charges. Has nothing to do with the civil charges at all, George. It's just with the criminal investigation Correct. as the as the Houston Police Department is investigating the 10 uh, allegations uh, against Watson. There were 22 civil cases filed against Watson for uh, uh, sexual assault, for uh, inappropriate actions. Those are the 22 civil cases. Those are separate from what the Houston Police Department is investigating. But George, from... The taboo of bringing in Deshaun Watson, which was the theme throughout 2021, specifically when it came from the Miami Dolphins, because it was reported that Stephen Ross had wanted the Dolphins or wanted Watson to be cleared of of everything to settle the lawsuits to have the criminal case uh, move past before he was going to pull the trigger on a deal to bring him to Miami that never happened and Watson is still in Houston but I just feel like there was such a change now behind Deshaun Watson which tells me a couple of things that number one I don't think he's going to be charged and I think that these teams know that or they've done their due diligence but I also think that there's one team in particular that because of how everything fell into place this offseason, that is licking their chops to get Deshaun Watson, and that's why I think a story like this pops up. See, I think you are right about why the story is popping up, but the reality is is that the teams never cared about the uh, uh, about the civil 
uh, suit. Like who? I mean, they don't care about civil lawsuits at all because people have these in general. Like you could have this issue with a contractor or somebody else, but unless there is a threat of the player actually going to jail or you know and missing time, they don't they don't care. Because and I and I know that this is an unpopular opinion, Dan, but uh, but the reality is I think that all players should be eligible to play if you are not in jail. First thing, first thing, because this is the inter this is an entertainment business business. This is not a you know great people of great character. Even though that the majority of NFL players are of high character and they do the right things and all of that. They're, we just can't sit up and act like that this is some sort of, you know, that that, that the NFL should be adjudicating legal cases. It, it's not built for that. It's not built on a burden of proof. It's not any of those things. So, so when they try to get into that, they end up in litigation against their players, which actually is what makes fans very, very frustrated as well. Well, I, I think that I think it's different when you're talking about the allegations that were made against Watson. Um, they're they're different than a contractor suing a guy because he didn't make payments on his remodeled. Kitchen. Yeah, yeah, it it it, it is different but but the uh, reality is is that there are a lot more moving parts to this than mm-hmm. a lot of people in the public and with, with the team really want you to know <laughs> like that like that the Houston Texans may have in some part paid for some of these massages and that you know and the and the McNair's relationship with the with the uh lawyer and all all sorts of things they want this to go away and the reality is is that and I've said this all along that if Deshaun Watson did all the things that he's accused of he should pro- that he should face prosecution but if he's not prosecuted for whatever reason he should be allowed to play ball and I think that I think that they know something uh, Watson's attorney said on Monday Rusty Harden said that they feel that they should know by April 1st George's birthday that uh, they'll know if there will be criminal charges uh, against Watson or not they'll know by yeah, that time this if is he's a- cleared and, and and I think that has a I think that has a bit of a domino effect on the civil cases, even though they're separate. Cor- correct. And, but doesn't that get into a different like convert conversation, though, Dan, of all right. So if he's not charged, right, he would have missed an entire season for something that 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 there are no charges for. So now if you are him, even though you're paid, how much damage has now been done to to your career and all of that because you weren't allowed to play? I, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I, mean think, I, I do think that there's a cost on that end as well. I, I don't I don't I, honestly, I don't even know what the cost would be. Number one, I'm not sure on how much I would have wanted to play for that Texans team this past year. Correct. I mean, it was bad enough that, you know, the year before of him running around, I mean, he had a he had an MVP caliber season and they were four and twelve. You know, in the in the season prior, so I don't know how much he could have played last year. 
He, I mean, he he could have. He said he just doesn't want to play for them. So I don't know if you're talking about the damage, and I'm not yelling at you. I'm not disagreeing with you. I just I don't know whether collateral damage would be on um, on Watson's health because I think he probably would have gotten killed last year. Um, I think he would have risked injury if he was playing. In terms of his reputation of just you know. You know, maybe that takes the hit of not wanting to play. But if there are other teams that are willing to bring in Watson, they don't care. They don't care what his feelings are towards Cal McNair or Jack Easterby or Nick Casario. They don't, you know, they don't care. They'd rather, they they would love it because it allowed them to get their hands on Watson to bring him to their town. And so I just I don't think that there's going to be any collateral damage outside of what maybe happened with the civil cases if he does get dealt. And I just don't think that. It, it, it sounds very callous to say, but I just don't think people are in, in this day and age, no matter how heinous some of these things are, some of the details are, we just seem to move on quickly. We move past Whoa. it. And, and in five years from now, if Deshaun Watson has played, you know, five NFL seasons, this is just that would be a footnote in how we look at his career. Yeah, and but these these things often end up at this point when there when we don't know what what happened when there is no videotape when there is no you know absolute concrete thing that uh, happened and that's part of the reason why you have have had when there have been legal issues like a Ray Rice or or other situations where the way that it's handled is differently now because of there being the presence of some sort of evidence that clearly shows that the player is guilty or you know uh, did True. something improper but 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 there's 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 a difference between Ray Rice being caught on video by an elevator with his girlfriend or fiance, as opposed to 22 women saying Deshaun Watson did this to them. Like those are like, those are they're, they're, they're different scenarios. And while the video does give you, you know, visual proof of seeing it, it's really tough to go against 22 women who are complaining about one guy's actions and those similar actions in those complaints. And so that's the part of, and not to break down everything that's going on with Watson, it's just more of like trying to figure out what's his availability, uh, if this matters anymore. And I, and I do think that is, I think that there's something substantial to it. But the reason I think that we're hearing movement on it is because these teams kind of understand that maybe that he's going to be cleared of these charges, that maybe there will be settlements in these 22 cases and then be able to move on from that. That's where I think that we, that we are in all of this, but just because we don't have video of it doesn't mean it's, you know, not legitimized. Cause if you have 22 people who are saying that he's doing the same thing or similar things, that to me is just as good as video, unless they're all in cahoots, which I don't think they are. So do you want to hear but the, that's that the problem is that you can't prove it is that is that there 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 is because there are different varying degrees of what they say happened. So I think that that brings a whole different. But if they're you know, all saying the general same thing, like if you were in a car accident and somebody rear ended you and there were 22 witnesses and Doug on this show will say eyewitness testimony is sometimes is the worst evidence that you have. But if 22 people say, yeah, that person ran the stoplight. Or that person veered from the lane, I think you have a pretty good idea that that person veered from the lane or ran the stoplight. It's just a matter of, you know, I, I mean, that's and that's going to be the scenario of, you know, what 
what Watson is facing. If and and even if he does, even even if he ends up just settling all of those cases, it's five years from now we just seem to move quickly past this. And I think teams realize that, and teams have done their work. You want to know the team that I think that is is putting on the uh, that is ready to go with this? Who? I think it is Carolina. And there's <laughs> there's there's a couple of reasons. They've been mentioned before. Uh, Watson would be going back to a region uh, that he's familiar with, obviously playing his uh, collegiate ball at Clemson. So you'd be in the Carolinas. You would also have uh, Christian McCaffrey, who needs to stay healthy. You have DJ Moore. You have weapons. And you actually have a defense that is 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 pretty good. So you would have that piece. He would be the missing piece. You also, George, don't have Tom Brady in that division anymore. If the Panthers added Deshaun Watson, they could be NFC South favorites. That's yep. That's because, how, yeah. Atlanta's not the there. Saints should be down because they're going to have to gut their entire roster. The yeah, Panthers are the Panthers. Tampa Tampa Bay has a quarterback potential quarterback yeah. situation, and Atlanta is well. Atlanta, yes, and and I think that is. I mean that is. Right there, you're putting Carolina atop the division. Like they're they're realizing their time is now. You know who else's time is now? Matt Rule's time is now. And while the head coach, you know, doesn't have the final say over everything, this is a make or break year for Matt Rule. So if you go in without your quarterback being a difference maker, uh, you're likely going into the season shorthanded and starting, you know, about three feet behind the start line because you need to have a difference maker there. And then the other the other point. George, I think it's maybe the, the biggest in all of this. If Deshaun Watson is available, he may be the only quarterback available because we heard a report this week that the Panthers had reached out to the Vikings about Kirk Cousins. Whether Lord, it's, that, yes, but that dude, may tell you on where this so market they would is. Be shopping back in the scratch and dent bin again. Yeah, like, yes. come on, bro. Like, That's, you're going you're gonna to be better, but like Carolina would be better. But they would be in the exact same position that the Minnesota Vikings are in right now. Sure, absolutely. But it's so bare, and without Aaron Rodgers seemingly being available, I don't think he's going to be traded. I don't think Russell Russell Wilson leaves Seattle. I don't think that the Seahawks could get a package uh, that would overwhelm them enough to make a change. I don't think that the quarterback market is as wide open as we thought it was going to be maybe three months ago. And I think that Carolina realizes that. But they also realize that, hey, if Deshaun Watson is there, and guess what? Maybe you you put up with these civil cases because of what the quarterback market is. To me, it's just all signs point to Carolina as being one of those teams that are going to go all in for, for what's on the line in the division, what's on the line with Matt Rule's job, with what's on the line with their star players. I mean, you've got to max Christian McCaffrey's contract at some point before he gets hurt again. Like it's just all there. And I think that's why you're hearing the rumblings. And I think Carolina is the team that, uh, that really makes the push for Watson. It's quite possible. And if I needed to trade Christian McCaffrey to get him, I would do it. Yeah. 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 Probably you'd still have DJ Moore and, 
Heck, you'd have Chuba Hubbard there in your second year as well. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Today's show is brought to you by Discover. If you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company. And that's why Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match limitations apply. Get George on Twitter at George Reister. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. Coming up next, what if here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Doug Gottlieb Show at Fox Sports Radio. I'm Dan Beyer. He's George Reister, the NFL vet. We are in for Doug today. I encourage you to listen to George and myself every Sunday on Fox Sports Sunday, 5 o'clock Eastern time, 2 Pacific here on Fox Sports Radio. Mentioned earlier, I was out last week. George is out this week. But we will be getting the band back, to, back together soon enough, just like we are today. So it's good to be with George on a Friday. Uh, something had you scratching your head saying, oh, what if? Was it DeMar DeRozan? Like, what what could have been if he was a Los Angeles Laker? Is that what, what has you scratching your head on uh, on what ifs these days? Yes, 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 yes. It was DeMar DeRozan's. Eight straight 35-point-plus game. <laughs> I mean, and the only people in NBA history that have done that have been Wilt Chamberlain, uh, Kobe, Michael Jordan, uh, James Harden, Now, uh, and now you add him to the list. And you're just like, uh, uh, he's only the seventh person to ever do it, and he could have been on the Lakers instead of Westbrook. He's having his career best year. Lo- the uh, Westbrook is not having his career best year, not even close. So, yes. So I'm living in what if land. You had me thinking of what if moments, and I know that you posted this on social media, and I know you'll be probably doing more with it later tonight as well. I tried to think of the biggest what if sports moment in my mind, and there were some that just you know, like I think like what what. What if Tiger Woods uh, wasn't injured in 2008? Oh, yes. But, but then, you, then you remember in 2009, he actually was back and leading the PGA Championship in the final round when Y.E. Yang came back and beat him. So it wasn't like Tiger completely disappeared from major championships, but could have maybe have won the Open Championship, could have won the PGA after that, maybe that next Masters. Like there were, there were opportunities, but that's the, the, you know, one of the what-ifs I've thought of. But you know what the biggest one that I actually had, and it's probably not as wide ranging and obviously you know we're gonna hear what you thought was but the one what if in sports i just wonder what would have happened if scott norwood made that field goal in super bowl 25 for the bills and i know it's not a wide-ranging thing i don't think it changes the face of the nfl but does buffalo make it then to another three super bowls where they lose and just go one and three are they do they just get you know fat as a cat because they're all happy for winning a Super Bowl and maybe don't return? Is the drought a little bit longer? Does Buffalo still have to continue the misery that we saw this year in the uh, in the playoffs and, and losing to the Chiefs and adding to their lore? Like the what if I wonder if, if Scott Norwood makes that field goal to beat the Giants in Super Bowl 25, how that changes everything uh, when it comes to Buffalo and how we view the Bills as a franchise of the NFL. Oh, yeah, there's a ton of teams that their whole narrative has changed, and the Bills is one of them. And another team that has that same narrative is the Raiders. Like, imagine if the tuck rule is adjudicated properly 
And it, like, what does that mean for Tom Brady's career? Because they don't win a Super Bowl that year. And then what happens if Drew Bledsoe doesn't lung doesn't collapse? Tom Brady may not get to start there in mm-hmm. New England. Sure. Like, I don't think the tuck rule. I like the, like the Bills for some reason, like that started their like streak of just like awful. I don't want to say awful luck because it wasn't like they were in any Super Bowl after that. Maybe a little bit in their in their last one against Dallas that they played in Atlanta, but yeah, even Jim they Kelly got said it. In two yeah, they said it at halftime he's like they were done, like they were gassed. There was no way they were going to win the game in the second half. But to the point of if Tuck Rule doesn't happen, what I think happens is that yeah, maybe the Raiders go on and win, and maybe they go and lose to the Rams in the Super Bowl instead of the you know the Patriots having that. So it changes Kurt Warner, but I don't think it changes the trajectory of the Patriots. Um the Drew Bledsoe injury, completely different story. Yeah, that oh, yeah. that yeah, that's and, and there that's is the another thing. injury that I think has impacted a person's legacy in a positive way. And that's Bo Jackson. Because when when I think of when I say the name Bo Jackson, what immediately comes to your mind about his career? <laughs> um uh, two-sport athlete, uh, gave me uh, awful memories as a Seahawk fan in fifth grade because I got to stay up and watch Monday Night Football and so when the Seahawks played. And, of course, he you know had the 90-yard run and the boss. But you think great line. player, though, right? Yeah, two-sport so, two freak. Yeah. Yes. So, but in reality, that may have been the best thing for his legacy, right? Because he goes down as a what-if player. And that has kept him relevant forever because he only rushed for uh, 2,700 yards in the NFL, 2,700. And the, but his, his, the, the legend is bigger than the actual production. So imagine what he would have had to have done to live up to all the hype about Bo Jackson. So it actually has kept him relevant and yes, he's not in any of the Hall of Fames or anything like like that. And that's not to say he would not have been the greatest two sport athlete or great or one of the great baseball players or football players of all time. But I'm just saying it hasn't worked out real bad for his legacy and his cultural relevance the way things turned out for him. Yeah, the I mean, gosh, what do you think about you know the All Star Game is what we all remember from '89 of his baseball career. But even if he could just continue the baseball career, I mean, he would have had, uh, you know, just bringing up the numbers, looking at him here, you know, he had 32 home runs that 1989 year where he was the, uh, you know, hit the home run at, at Angel Stadium to lead the game off. I believe it was off of Rick Russell, but 32 home runs, 105 ribbies. Uh, the next year, 28 home runs, uh, 78 RBIs. The year prior to that 89 season in 88, 25 home runs, 68 RBIs, by the way, only playing in 124 games. His baseball career probably would have been better than his football career. If he would have focused on one, his baseball career probably would have been better, but because he did both, he's probably more possible. So I think that there's I think there's something to what you are saying. The myth and the lore is is you know, it's why sometimes fiction is better than nonfiction, even though people want to say, Oh, this story's too good to be true. I I the the what could have been with Bo Jackson may be better than what we actually could have seen. It, that's the entire point, and and it's not to say that you know he wouldn't have or could not have been mm-hmm. great, but because of the hype, he would have had to be so great. I mean, just 
I mean, he would have had to be one of the all-time greats to live up to the hype that was surrounding him. Yeah, gosh. I'm telling you, as I said, my mom would let me stay up when the Seahawks played Monday Night Football because otherwise they had to go to bed at, at halftime. And I was so oh, excited. So you were sick at what he did to the boss. Oh, awful. It was, listen, it was leverage. That's all it was. He didn't run him over. It's just that he got lower than the boss. That's all it was. I'm more actually annoyed, honestly, about the 91-yard touchdown run uh, that he had as opposed to the meeting boss at the goal where, line. Because where he ran up into the Oh man, you, the you Seahawks were, like, were unbeatable. That was so unnecessary. They were unbeatable at home on Monday Night Football. Like it was always a win, except that night. And I remember I had to go to school the next day, and Mark LeDuc was a Raiders fan, and I had to face him, and it was uh, it was not good. He's George <laughs> hey, Rice. Jag on or jag off was was was, <laughs> was Mark LeDuc an actual Jaguars player? Maybe next, maybe next game, and you'll have to file that one away. He's George. Reister, I'm Dan Beyer. Eric Pincus talks Lakers with us next. Eric Pincus joins us, Bleacher Report, Capologist, and so much more. Find him on Twitter at Eric Pincus. Eric, I'm going to start out with a hypothetical uh, for you on this Friday. George and I uh, talked about this earlier. Not saying it's going to happen, but if this season was it for LeBron James in a Lakers uniform and he went somewhere else or was traded in the offseason, would the four years in L.A. with the Lakers be viewed as a success in your mind? Well, I mean, I guess, I guess the answer is yes, because if you look at most teams in the league, winning a championship at all is a huge deal. I mean, the Sacramento Kings have not made the playoffs in my daughter's lifetime, and she's in high school. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, from that point of view, 100%. I mean, you know, they, they won a championship. It worked. Uh, if AD did not get hurt last year, maybe – uh, maybe they get to, I don't know, but at least I think they get past the Suns. Uh, it felt like they had power in that series. and, and uh, But, you know, from the Lakers' perspective, you know, a franchise that expects to win, you know, there's a handful of teams that they go into every season or almost every season where, you know, like the Heat, they're, they're, they're expecting to win. Uh, the Celtics, they look at their legacy. They're expecting to win titles. Uh, I think the Lakers are, are that kind of franchise. And so I, I do think, looking back, they'll feel that they didn't achieve anywhere close to what they were supposed to in the LeBron era, uh, you know, assuming uh, what you uh, – with the premise that you presented. Yeah, and there were – have been reports about LeBron James – the Lakers having to – trade LeBron James this summer as a possibility and and I don't see LeBron willingly now my, my mind you if he doesn't have a no trade clause they technically can but if but I don't see LeBron wanting to be elsewhere this year especially with the situation with his sons in 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 high school is that an overreach no I mean I wrote about it in on Bleacher Report uh it's my most recent article and it's not. You know, I'm not trying to be like a, you know, a clickbait. You know, oh my God, trade LeBron. I'm looking at it logically and realistically from the point of view that in August, August 4th, he can sign an extension uh, and add up to two years. So he has one year left on his contract, and if he is willing to sign, then the Lakers are going to, I would expect, be happy to extend him, and then 
you've got at least two years and you might get an option on that last year, two or three years where you say, okay, you're the Lakers, you can build around 80 and LeBron. What do you do? How do you, do you move Westbrook? You know, then you get to more practical, like hands-on, get it done kind of moves. But if LeBron does not sign that extension in August, then you have to look at the reality. He's not signing that extension because he's probably leaving and okay, well, where are you leaving to? And, and, it's really, you look at what James Harden did. I mean, he picked the Sixers. It's not like the Nets canvassed the league and tried to t- trade James Harden to 28 other teams. It was clear he was going to go to Philadelphia. And, and if LeBron picks Cleveland again, then it would be Cleveland. And it would only be Cleveland if he's going to, to leave in a free. You don't trade real assets to anywhere if you're going to get LeBron for a few minutes and and or even one season and you're not going to give up a ton it's not worth it to like you know a smaller friend or a franchise like Orlando for instance that's been struggling there's no reason for them to trade for LeBron for one year if he walks to Cleveland so I, I think uh, the Lakers need an answer from LeBron well before August because uh, you have the draft in June uh, and you have free agency in July and even though the Lakers don't have a pick in June, the draft day is, is the busiest trade day of the year, rivaling the trade deadline. Yeah, I mean, historically, it actually, you have more trades technically on draft day than you do at the trade deadline. So they need an answer well before June. And I think from there, then you react. If he doesn't extend, then you have to think about trading him. If he does extend, you would never trade him. Eric Pincus joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. One more on that, because if LeBron isn't committing, how much input does he have in changes if they were to make a change at head coach or general manager? Well, I mean, LeBron has a lot of influence. Uh, he, he's Wherever he goes, he expects uh, to to as the franchise player to have a say on some level on, on what the team does, not everything, but mm-hmm. certainly the bit broader strokes uh, from what my Intel says, he, he met with Russell Westbrook more than once well before the trade that uh, the trade that landed him in, in LA. Uh, but uh, I think the Lakers, you know, this is, this is open for debate. My Intel is pretty rock solid uh, and I'm very confident that they were trying, uh, LeBron and, and his people were trying to get Russell Westbrook moved to the Rockets for uh, John Wall. Um, I spoke to Rich Paul. He denied it. Rich is his agent. He denied it. I'm not going to say anyone's lying. I'm just saying that mm-hmm. I have intel that I believe that that this is what they were trying to do. And the Lakers essentially said no because they weren't going to, they, they didn't feel John Wall was worth giving up draft consideration, future considerations, when they don't even know if LeBron is going to be sticking around beyond this contract. So it, it, it's a complex equation. There's no true answer yet how this is going to go. Uh, but LeBron does expect to have a say in what's going on, and I don't think he liked the know that the Lakers got. And, you know, again, like I said, depends on who you believe. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess what is the hope for this Lakers team? Because Anthony Davis will likely be back at some point in time this this season. And Dan has written this the, the rest of this season off. And I said that the Lakers have a, you know, a less than 5% chance of winning a championship. I, as I say it again, I think I need to amend it to about two and a half. The, the, and, and he says it's zero. So is it zero, mm-hmm. two and a half, or more? No, no. I mean, there there is no zero I'm for any team who makes the playoffs. Anyone who makes the play-in, uh, it's not a zero. I mean, we you look at 
the Suns, and, and I look at them as a team that maybe was maybe has been the best team this year. They're without Chris Paul for a couple of months, and uh, if he's not really back healthy, then they're vulnerable. I mean, that team without Chris Paul, come on. And Draymond Green has been dealing with uh, some back, I think some calf, I think, issues, but it's back-related. I mean, that's pretty serious, and if Draymond Green isn't playing for the Warriors – I'm sorry. He's the. En- I mean, I love Steph. I'm not in any way denigrating Steph, but the Draymond is the engine that drives that team, especially defensively. Uh, but uh, you know, they become very vulnerable. You just go case by case, and sure, is it likely that the Lakers are better than any of those teams? They haven't shown it this year, so no. Uh, you know, but the Lakers have to get through the plan. Uh, right now, they're fighting to try to get to the seven or eight range uh, so that they do not have to play in two play-in games. And if you're going to bet against LeBron in a single game, I mean, that's probably not wise. I mean, LeBron's pretty special. I imagine that they can muscle through to get to the playoffs, but then if they do finish by winning the play-in as, as a seven seed, uh, then you're probably playing either the Warriors or, or the Suns. So the only way to get through that is realistically, in my mind, is hoping those teams aren't healthy and hoping the Lakers are. But, you know, Lakers haven't been healthy from day one, so there's no reason to expect they're going to be healthier than any of those other teams. Let's uh, let's just wrap up with this one. Eric Pincus joining us here on Fox Sports Radio, Doug Gottlieb Show. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer in for Doug. James Harden makes his debut for the Sixers tonight in Minnesota against the Timberwolves. Does it work out in Philadelphia with Harden now there? I mean, I don't know if it works out tonight. I mean, first game, but I think long-term, this team sure. is better. I mean, it, you, you lost Seth Curry, so you lost some shooting. Uh, you lost your backup center in Andre Drummond, uh, which I think is significant. Um, but I think, you know, if Joel Embiid, Embiid is healthy, he's going to get the bulk of those minutes, especially in the playoffs. Uh, and Harden is a, is a better player. He may not be a better player pure shooter than Curry, Seth, Seth Curry, obviously not Steph. Yeah. Uh, like both, both Curry's are better shooters than James Harden, but James Harden's a really talented scorer. I mean, let, let's, he's an amazing player and you really lost Ben Simmons who wasn't playing all year. So it's not like uh, you, you gave a huge amount to get, uh, you know, something equal or better, whatever. Uh, so yeah, I think they're going to be fine. It, it, I don't know if they're a team that's going to win at all. I think they have a real shot too, but I love the Bucks still, uh, the Bulls are a lot of fun this year. Uh, I'm leaving Boston's been playing great after a really slow start. And I'm, I'm forgetting a few others. But, I mean, they're, they're real teams. And, and then there's the Nets. The, the possibility of having Kyrie available for home games could change the equation significantly because that was a problem. You know, if you, if, if you get to the playoffs and you have home court advantage and you don't have one of your best players, yeah. that's a problem. So uh, look forward to seeing how it all shakes out. Yeah, there could be some crazy scenario where they, you you could have a scenario where they face the Bucks, Nets, and Heat. You know, all through the Eastern Conference, depending how it all all shapes out, because it's a logjam right now. Eric Pincus, we appreciate the time. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again soon. All right, guys. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Get him on Twitter at Eric Pincus. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. Controversy at one legendary school in college football. We'll tell you what that is next here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast. This is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. 
absolute fire on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door because no BS is allowed. We keep it 100. This is where real conversations happen. Listen to the Right or Wrong podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Been a great way to head into the weekend. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. It is the Doug Gottlieb Show as we are sitting in for Doug today. Couldn't do it without the likes of Bo Benson and Johnny Ramos and, of course, Ralph Irvin, who's at the news desk as he brings us the latest headlines of the day. The Press. Check out the latest lines of the world of sports at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Must be 21. Must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, and Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Ralph Irvin, the floor is yours. Is it a stretch to say that everything that involves Hugh Jackson can be a little. Uh, you know, not nowadays, so yeah, nowadays drawing some attention for he, sure. He's hired Art Bryles to come in as the new offensive coordinator at Grambling State, uh, and athletic director Travion Scott actually oh. said, "I went and did ten days researching Bryles and formally support this hire." I know Doug Williams, the uh, mm-hmm. he coached there. I know he played there, obviously, but uh, um, he was not happy about it. Uh, the Bryles hire, I mean. Does our Bryles deserve to coach again, George? I guess is the question. After what went down at Baylor, uh, he got a CFL job once, I'm and a, they fired him a day, you know, day or so later. Yeah, but. Dan, I'm a big believer in second chances, and that that there is a path to redemption. However, in Art Bryles' case, he hasn't even admitted wrongdoing. The first step to recovery is say, listen, I messed up. I should have done something different. I'll be better next time. He hasn't even said this at all. And so until we get that, I'm out on Art Bryles, Art out on him at Grambling. I'm standing in the corner with Doug Williams. George, I just got to follow up with this question. Where's higher, Art Bryles or Chris Doyle? Okay. Oh, God. Oh, oh. <sighs> I'm going to go with Art Bryles because at least his his stuff was, you know, there have been years and years of investigations on it. And uh, and Chris Chris Doyle, there were some hearsay and, and all of that. It was a lot of smoke. But at least his didn't involve people uh, being tra- traumatized for life. All right, next up, a report that Amazon and Fox are going to reach out to Tom Brady about analyst jobs. This according to the New York Post, saying that they're both going to make the phone call after Troy Aikman has uh, jumped to ESPN. I, I expect that to be a quick phone call. I do not think that uh, we are we are seeing – I don't think we will see Tom Brady in any TV booth unless it's the night he has his jersey retired and is up at halftime with uh, Sunday Night Football. I don't think Tom Brady wants anything to do with being an analyst. Ooh, see, I would agree with you there because Tom Brady, he's in the process of making a movie now. He's going to be doing all sorts of cool Tom Brady things that don't require – every single day of work doing the exact same thing. I think he's going to enjoy his life, enjoy his time off, and he's not going to commit to anything that's going to take him away from his family, kids, games, all that sorts of thing, which I know he wants to be a part of now. And the follow-up to you both, do you think that he'd say, yeah, let me beat Peyton at another thing and do his own version 
of a secondary broadcast. I don't think he home. could beat him. I don't think he could. I don't think that that would mm. be the avenue for Brady. I think Peyton is so okay. good in that spot. I don't think Ditto. he'd win. And that's Absolute probably why he won't Ditto. do it. Another reason why he won't do it. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. That's the other thing about the Aikman, uh, maybe, you know, the, the possibility leaving the ESPN. I just can't believe they are upping on the Manning cast. Yes, so now they're going to compete with their own best product they got right <laughs> yes. now. I mean, I suppose, I, I, I suppose if that's how you want to do it, if you're going to try to compete, might as well compete with yourself, but doesn't make much sense. Uh, it's been fun today, George. Have a great weekend. For George Reister, I'm Dan Beyer. This has been the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. We'll talk to you on Monday. Monday.